Grab your popcorn and silence those cell phones because the show is about to start. Rick and Nick Talk Flicks. Rick Blaine is an award-winning film critic featured on thebigscreen.net.org and has been highlighted on over 75 unreleased independent film posters in less than 12 different countries. Nick Brown. He's been the high school projectionist for the AV Club for over nine semesters and can be heard nightly at the theater talking loudly in the row behind you about the film being screened. And now, they're joining forces. Ladies and gentlemen, Rick and Nick talk flicks. Rick and Nick are about to talk flicks. Flicks from the future. We're sponsored, of course, by the Bemidji Theater, CEC, right off of Highway 2 between Bemidji and Wilton. Make sure you swing by. Time out a second. You're talking about Rick and Nick talking about flicks of the future? Yeah. I don't see Rick and Nick anywhere around here, Dave. You know what? You've got a point. In fact, I haven't saying. seen them in such a long time that I think this would be quite a retrospective show if they showed up at all. But that's kind of their motif. I'm going to sing. I'm busy. It's what they've done for years now. I've got a kiddo, yet here I am. How many shows have we done? Like 194, and I've done every single one of them. Did I ever have a stunt double here? No. Did I ever have one of those clingy things on the wall that looks like me? No. I've done each and every one, and so have you. Although when talking about the supporting actors like we did in that other episode recently, it was kind of fitting that that you and I were the ones discussing it there that's why we titled it also starring dave and joel i don't think we even mentioned the fact that rick and nick weren't even showing up to do their show not even not even little because it doesn't matter but anyway i'm joel hoover i'm dave brooks and we welcome you again to rick and nick talk flicks like dave said we're sponsored by the bemidji theater and we are closing out 2023 with our episode today and we're doing so by looking ahead to 2024 how ironic is that dave i think that's there's something funny about that that our last episode of 2023 is looking ahead to 2024 that's kind of our motif it's time to start looking ahead at the first third roughly from uh, new year's to memorial 2024 weekend but this is the other part i take us back here just a moment and we were doing the exact same show at the end of 2019 and it was the spring 2020 preview and then COVID hit and pretty much that entire it's still up we never took it down but I mean looking at it now as a snapshot from mid late December of 2019 pretty much nothing past February held everything was on James Bond was supposed to come out that spring and it yeah. of course got way moved and it's interesting to go back and listen to it and look at the calendar and see what came out and what didn't come out and some things I think are even still yet to come out or just came out onto video or whatever um it was this, a moment in time yeah this might be similar because we just finished off a double Hollywood strike the writers and the actors which is thankfully over now production is underway but the calendar already even this past fall, Dune the Part 2 was most notably moved, and others got moved out, got moved in. Spring has been an active one. And so what we are about to say, we're going to let you know now, there's room for wiggle room here. This could this is what it stands at right now on December 13th when we're recording this show. But all of it could move, could come out, new things could come in. This could really change. Our typical disclaimer is about spoilers. Yep. The disclaimer this time around is that this is all subject to change. Yeah, very subject to change. So and the later out we the later out we go, the more wiggle room this could be. So this could all be something different. But the nice thing is we don't have any spoilers because it's hard to give spoilers about movies that haven't come out yet. 
One thing on the current news level that I do want to pass along, and you and I didn't even get a chance to really preface this in our plans for today, but we are getting into nomination season Mm. for awards. Awards that are going to be announced next year are starting to to be handed down. Just earlier today, the Critics' Choice Award nominations were officially released. It was either today or yesterday that those came out. The Golden Globe nominations came out earlier this week. There are no surprises as far as who is in the running for some of the big honors. Barbie, Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, some of the big name movies are are making the big mark early on here. And I I'm glad to see some familiar titles getting so much recognition, Dave. We often talk about this at award season going we don't really know. This we, one. we don't what? exactly know what's going on here as far as some of the movies that are in the running. So far, there's some pretty big tentpole ones that are getting a lot of recognition. I like the fact that it wasn't. I mean, Barbie was easily the most commercial movie. I mean, it's, it's going to go down most likely as the number one movie just gross wise of 2023, and, and will probably win some awards. Yeah. No question. Oh yeah, and it was more than just frosting. There's a lot of cake under there. You know, there's a lot of steak there, I and mean, there's a lot of what you want for a good cinema meal. It's not all substance. You know, it's, it's substance and style together, and well, well done, marvelous. It's it's when you get those years where you get. I'm not a big fan of a really good performance in a movie that is otherwise eh. And I I will point one out. Joker comes to mind. Great performance in the rest of the movie. Eh. You know, I don't like those. I want to see the movie where a great performance is part of a great story and great everything else. So I like when it's a movie that people know about. There's been some degree of response. And maybe it's not a tentpole hyped up movie, but it's one where it comes out, the word comes down, you got to see this movie. And you knew Oppenheimer was going to be big, and not just lengthwise, it was going to be big. And Barbie, I don't know if we necessarily knew that that was the case. It just kind of became a social media thing, and it just kind of flared up then. The marketing for it was so good. But go back to March, where how many people were really, really looking forward to the Barbie movie? It really found a way to market itself, and justifiably so. It's not going to go down as an underrated movie that was really much better than the box office returns will let it be known for. And I love that. So the Golden Globes, the Critics' Choice Awards, they they kind of help set the tone for what we're going to get with the Academy Award nominations that will come later. Critics' Choice is a little bit different. It's you know it it's about you know Critics' Choice and it, Golden Globes are a little bit more on the fun angle and a little bit different there. Meanwhile, you've got the Academy Award nominations. That that's the big time yep. the big time nomination list, and that's going to be a few weeks down the road. But we get at least a little bit of a picture of what award season is shaping up to possibly look like with those early nominations. You can do some browsing to check out the full list. And of course, the Golden Globes, they kind of split the movie categories into two. They go in more of the drama route, but also then more of the comedy route, comedy slash musical. So they kind of divert it a little bit that way into two different paths. That changes it a little, but um, but at the very least, you can check out the early nomination list. SAG Awards. That might. I don't know if that'll be affected Screen this year. Screen Actors be, Guild. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that'll be affected because of the strike. That was the Screen Actors Guild. Yeah. I don't know. That's and that's a good question. That's usually a really good indicator when you factor that and the Globes together. It gives you a really good look at what's coming from the Oscars and even from a who's going to win predicting perspective. But I'm not sure if that gets affected now that the strike is over or not. But anyway. 
as we're wrapping up 2023, we're not totally done with the big movies. You still have a couple of tent poles coming out with Christmas right around the corner. There's a certain Aqua Hero. There is a uh, part one to a part two that we'll be talking about when it comes to uh, Neon Moon. This will be this will be an interesting one. So it's all going to a Rebel Moon rather. I'm sorry is going to lead into 2024. So we're going to start getting your radar pricked up with a couple things that kind of are on our radar for the first few months. So we're going to take a look at 20. 2024, as it stands right now, and just to remind you, uh, this is changing almost by the week, and I don't think it's going to be done. So it'd be interesting to see how the movement is. So we'll take a look from 2024 through Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, because things getting moved back, I think we're kind of at the end of that now that the strikes are over. It's now more of a question of, does anything get moved up? It's possible. Maybe, rule maybe it out. a little bit. Yeah, we won't totally rule it out. So just keep that in mind. Again, a big disclaimer on you know, this episode today. I'm just going to say, doesn't Warner Brothers have a couple of movies that they decided they just weren't going to release? Well, here's a great opportunity to get some eyeballs on some Warner Brother properties. Batgirl, I'm looking at you. Coyote versus Acme, I'm looking. And there's others. Uh, if only. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If only. But All let's, right. Let's get started here. Yeah, let's kick it off. So we're not too far away from flipping the calendar into January. And a lot of times... January and up till about February, I hate to say it, is a time where the movies aren't always the best because most people have, you know, they've uh, blown their money on Christmas dollars and things. And so a lot of people don't go to the theaters. This is where a lot of the movies that when they know aren't going to do well, they tend to dump them in. But there are every so many, every so often, some really good gems. And if there are any to be found in the beginning of 2024, we take a look at a couple of them. One of them, we start off into the scary movie category. Horror movies really seem to be making a bit of a comeback here in the last couple of years. And Night Swim saw the trailer for this one. It's it's going to sound bad if I put it this way, but it's the best way to describe it, a haunted swimming pool. A haunted swimming pool. Well, water and horror have gone together decently at times in the past. You, as a massive Jaws fan, can attest to that. I don't know. We'll see what uh, what Bloomhouse comes up with this time. They are indeed attached to this Bloomhouse Productions. So can they strike gold again with another different horror concept? Remember, we looked at Megan and we were kind of like, I don't know, is this really going to work? And, and it then did. it actually did. Yeah, Bloomhouse. I mean, you could say what you want about Bloomhouse, but they have yet to strike. You know, I don't mean pay dirt. I mean like thud dirt. There's been, say what you want, well, I thought opposite. it was, yeah, I thought it was okay, but not great. Okay, that's fine, but okay means you did like it. You know, and I've, I score a movie on a one to ten. If I'm entertained at all, it gets a five. Then it's all gravy. I have not seen anything come from Blumhouse that's been, that was a total waste of time. I score it, you know, a two. They are making it at least entertaining and somewhat good and no bombs, at least critically, uh, yet. And so will Night Swim do it? The trailer in the theater had a couple people spooked out and that was just the trailer. So stay tuned. So here's life imitating art, imitating life. In this case, it's a movie that was turned into a musical that's now having a movie that's based on the musical that's based on the movie. Mean Girls. It all does make sense. When you map it out like that, I... I followed you there, Dave, even though that's uh, that's highly confusing. But that's probably what people are going. They're like, it's a Mean Girls remake? Not really. Not exactly. You, you could kind of say that, but also no, because this is the movie version of the Mean Girls musical, which, again, was inspired by the original Mean Girls movie. And that was, what, 2004? Something like that? This, of course, Lindsay, Around that time. Lindsay yep. Laurentina Fay was in it, but she also wrote it. 
Uh, and it really took on a life of its own. Well, then they made it into a musical. And now they're making a movie version of the musical that's based on the movie. If you're still with us and you're still a fan of the Mean Girls properties and the musical's gotten great response. Heck, they made a Back to the Future musical that I would love to see. This is the challenge, though. You are now you're creating a new version of an already existing property. And I mean, look at the live action Disney stuff that we have seen. Sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't. It It's going to be a question of can you creatively and in a well-crafted manner find a new way to tell a story that's already been told? Without self-parody. And this is, I'm sure there'll be some weak nudges. Tina Fey's still involved with this. I think she's actually on screen for it too. So this, this certainly could be a good something. This really and could be a And she did gem. the screenplay. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's based on what she had done, but she also got involved with the musical in the first place. Right. And the movie version of the musical. So she's kind of shepherded this through. And if you, if you go that far back, Queen Bees and Wannabes is what this started as. They changed the title to Mean Girls. Um, this is this could be a nice gem in January. There are a lot of fresh faces who, who make this up, too. So that's part of the interest here is, hey, there's a lot of new names in terms of acting who we're not familiar with. To who, my knowledge, there is no cameos of any of the original cast to, other than Tina Fey, and that is the only, uh, that's all I'm aware of. As far as familiarity, it looks like there's names like Jenna Fisher and John yep. Hamm who are going to be involved here, but a lot of fresh faces, too, though, among the younger members of the cast. That comes out January 12th, same weekend that a movie called Lift comes out. And I'm a fan of the director, F. Gary Gray. He did uh, The Negotiator with Kevin Spacey and Samuel Jackson. He did the remake of The Italian Job. He's done some other movies. He really knows how to craft a good story. And this An is another- action film, by the way. A like comedy a lot heist, of action films. Comedy heist action. It seems to be in the genre Italian Job comes to mind. And I mean the remake version with Charlize Theron and Mark Wahlberg. That was his. This is in the same genre, Kevin Hart. So a comedy action-paced- uh, heist movie, Lift. Uh, haven't seen a trailer yet, but just the talent involved in F. Gary Gray at the at the helm tells me that this really could be a gem, a diamond in the rough. So Lift comes out the same weekend as The Mean Girls. Is that going to be beyond Netflix, though? Because it looks, from all that I've seen, it is just a Netflix release. And that's what I'm seeing here, only on Netflix that weekend. There's, And again, we kind of preface this at the beginning. They have gone back and forth, as we've already seen, well, it's not going to get a theatrical. Well, okay, it's going to come out. Well, maybe. So I, who knows? As of right now, I wouldn't be surprised if it does get some time on screen. In fact, we were just talking about some Disney releases that are actually re-releases of movies that came out a couple years ago that didn't really get a theatrical release that now are getting a theatrical release. So does this come out big screen and small screen simultaneously? I can't say, but it does look good. I would not rule it out because it does look like it's got some uh, some eyeballs on it. Let's so stay see. tuned. Lift movie. I can at least take a quick look here because all that I've seen has been that it's just going to be on Netflix, but it's going to be such a such a light release period there in January that it would there be. I would not be surprised. That's that's all we're saying. Ability to take it onto the big screen, but anyway, it looks like it's just. Just on the small screen for now, but stay tuned. Available. This one will be going on to the big screen. I saw, I actually walked into the theater slightly late. I'm married. You get the idea. And so I saw the second half of this trailer. I didn't get to see it online. Argyle is coming out February 2nd. One quick pause here. Note the date that Dave gave there, February 2nd. There's a bit of a, a of an 
expanse that is, is existing right now in January. Lots of screen, like small screen, like streaming releases. It looks like for January, as well as like more independent projects for January. But it's a lighter slate, and yes. it's, it's worth pointing that out because you probably were just like, "Wait a minute, we were on January twelfth a moment ago." Yes. And now it's February 2nd. Well, and like we talked about before, this is certainly not every single movie that's coming out. This is what's on our radar that has our interest to whatever degree. And this one has my attention. Lyft had my attention. Mean Girls had my attention. After that, and then January, and then December, February 2nd came up, and Argyle gets my attention. Think the same vibe as The Kingsman. This looks good. You have a great cast. You have Henry Cavill, Bryce Dallas Howard, Brian Cranston is in it. Um, imagine you, it's almost like Romancing the Stone meets The Kingsman, I think. Well, and you know why? Because Matthew Vaughn is associated yes. with this. And of course, he comes from The Kingsman movies, and now he is he's directing it as yeah. well for this one, right? And I like, I like Matthew Vaughn. He doesn't always stick the landing, but it's always a fun ride. And by the way, if you're thinking Argyle and thinking it's spelled out like the fabric pattern, add an extra L. Yeah. Autocorrect. Yes. So this is, uh, from what I gather, it's a gal that writes some kind of novel, spy novel, romance novel, something, who gets pulled into a plot in real life. And so it's kind of got a romancing the stone vibe that way, but it's also a little more hyperkinetic than that and much more of the Kingsman vibe. Or like the Lost City. Yeah. It's done recently. Yeah. Here. This one really could be good and it's coming closer to Valentine's Day weekend. This might be a really good date movie that uh, the guys and the gals will like alone. That's something that's kind of gotten away. Going to a movie for a date. It's not always a great idea for a first date, but a date? Oh, yeah. My wife and I love going to movies. This one could be a very good one. Great cast, too. Oh, yeah. Fantastic I, cast. I can only fit so many on the line, but I could have kept going. It's got a great cast. Um, move a little further ahead to February 9th. Now, this one is going to be an interesting one, but it's definitely got my attention. It's called Lisa Frankenstein. Directed. Yeah, this, this was, uh, like, I saw the title and I was like, wait, what is this? Hold on now. Directed by Zelda Williams. You don't know her, but you know her dad and Robin Williams' daughter. And she is... Wow. Yeah. She's been she's been a creative force. Let's just call it that. She's not really indoctrinated into Hollywood, really. This is, I think, her first real big step as a director and teaming up with Diablo Cody, who's written and won an Oscar for it, whether you like Juno or any of the other stuff she's done. This could really be a good team up. So imagine if you're... Uh, this is an animated movie, more or less, uh, from what I'm gathering. I think it is. But think almost like a Wednesday Adams-esque kind of a vibe. Maybe I'm wrong. It's not animated. But it's um, think about teenage angst in high school and trying to figure your way through. Oh, and what happens if you're part of the Frankenstein family? The tagline for it is dig up someone special. <laughs> and wouldn't you know it, it's coming out just a week before Valentine's Day. And guess who the monster is? That's none other than Cole Sprouse. Yeah. This one, I don't know what this will do, but this has got my interest on it. And I'm a, I'm a, I do like Zelda Williams. I won't lie. Uh, seeing her and her dad talk together, and she's very articulate. She knows her stuff. Her dad knew the ins and the outs, and apparently taught her pretty well too. Um, the fact that she's got the director's chair this early in a young career, I'm not sure how old she is. She's got to be maybe 30. I mean, she's not that old, but this could be something. Very interesting. Yeah, horror comedy yep. is kind of the the realm here. Catherine Newton is is the star here as this high schooler named Lisa who's unpopular, but reanimates this corpse and then rebuilds him into this dream guy 
and apparently from what I'm reading here, uses a broken tanning bed in her garage to be able to do that. So make it a modern day Frankenstein love story. And that, you that's what that you got here. Did you already know that? No, I looked it up. <laughs> I, I looked it up here to be able to give more of a sense of what this is. Um, very interesting concept, I think, to say the least here, when you make it a Frankenstein love story like that. The concept isn't necessarily what grabbed me, but the powers behind it. Uh, Zelda and Diablo, yeah, this could be a good team up. So maybe it'll be something, maybe it'll be nothing, but it's on my radar. I think it might be on perhaps some of yours as well. We got to get back into superhero stuff and uh, the MCU. While I would argue that uh, Phase Four and Five, as it's getting going, there are clearly cracks that are showing in this superhero genre, and it's not the Invincible Avengers force that we got so used to. But there have been some high points. There have been some low points. Madam Web is scheduled to come out on Valentine's Day, the fourteenth. Dakota Johnson. This is the um, newest go for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm not going to lie. I don't know a whole lot about Madam Web, um, but um, this is. I was always concerned when they got into brand new characters when they started bringing in the Avengers. I don't know if that was enough of big a name to keep this going. This is a Spider-Man multiverse spinoff. Yeah. So it, it, the name would make you suspect that, and yeah. it is the case. Yeah, and that was what I thought too. But even then, uh, is Tom Holland making an appearance? Not that I could see. But then again, then again, Christopher Reeve didn't show up in the Supergirl movie from '84 or whatever year that was. So who knows how connected it's going to be. If it's a spinoff, is it going to work? Is this going to be a crack in the MCU, or is this going to be some speckle and they get this thing back together? That's a good question. Yeah, but Dakota Johnson will be at the center of this one as Madam Web, And it is in New York City as well, so it does make you wonder if there's some kind of like alternative kind of avenue that's going to be gone here. Could go. I don't know if it ties into the Spider-Verse movies, but uh, I don't think it does. But we still have the... Um, kind of the Shattered Universe vibe going through a lot of the MCU properties. So stay tuned. This could be an interesting one. Will MCU kind of take a step back to regaining some glory? Let's hope so. Same day, we've got a lot of great biopics, particularly when it comes to movies lately, whether yeah, it's in the last John few years. Queen. Yeah, well now Bob Marley is getting his one love. I just saw the trailer for this the other day, or I at least saw a commercial for it the other day and saw that this was going to be coming out uh, next year. So, And the date, yeah, February 14th for this one with Bob Marley. Who doesn't look, want a little like reggae? A, it looked like a pretty expansive look at his life and overcoming adversity and just having a full-scale look at the life of Bob Marley. When you think about the era that Bob Marley came out in, it wasn't necessarily a great breeding ground for that kind of talent, but he really broke through. There wasn't that kind of sound at all. And you had guys like Eric Clapton coming through with I Shot the Sheriff, and even him, a mainstream rocker doing kind of a reggae tune. It, was, it turned out to be a hit, but it, you know, I wouldn't say it paved the ground for Marley to come through, but maybe it started to open the door ajar that he kicked down and showed you how to do it right. Um, he's got a very interesting life and a good story, great tunes, and an interesting life that should make for a good biopic. From what I'm reading here, this project does have the backing of the Marley family as well. Kingsley Ben-Adir, it appears, is going to be who is playing Bob Marley and starring as him. So first time that he's gotten the biopic treatment because there's been documentaries but now this is actually going to be in in more of a film sense. And some of these make stars out of their cast. I mean, just look at uh, Freddie Mercury, won an Oscar, you know, and uh, um, um, Taron Egren did great notice, despite his work in the Kingsman movies when he played uh, Elton John, that brought him to the next level. We'll see what happens here with another biopic. 
I have one more film that I want to throw in from from February and that you don't have on the list here. And it's one that I think will get your attention because of who is directing this. It's Ethan Cohen oh. doing uh, now that the Cohen brothers have gone their separate ways to do their own projects. Ethan Cohen has this new film Drive Away Dolls that is coming out on February 23rd and it's through Focus Features. And it's got a really good cast. You might be familiar with Mar- Margaret Qualley, yep. uh, Dave. Yeah, of course, she was in... Annie uh, McDowell's a daughter. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yep. especially, uh, comes to mind for her. But she's... Uh, this is apparently a crime caper comedy that you've got there. Triple C Which threat the Coen brothers were well known to do. Yes, and there's quite a cast that's associated with this. Names like Matt Damon and Pedro Pascal are in on this project as well. And uh, this is... This is apparently a, a really, yeah, it's it's an interesting concept that only one of the Cohen brothers is attached to. It's got threads of previous Cohen projects and things. It made me think of Baby Driver a little bit, just seeing some of what the, the details were here with this one. Um, and, of course, the drive concept associated with it. But that's Drive Away Dolls, and that's February 23rd that is scheduled to be released. So what do we talk about? We're going to get some adjustments. That wasn't even on the radar at all when I was kind of browsing for the first few months. Didn't see it at all. So there's some changes right there, even as we're recording the very show. Moving into March, though, this is one we kind of touched base on. because of a big tent pole. Yeah, this was originally supposed to be coming out in this past November, I think it was, maybe October. Dune Part 2, and then, of course, they moved it because they were realizing with the strike, well, spring's going to look really sparse. So they moved it into spring so they would actually have something big to have in spring. Uh, you can go listen to the fall uh preview for 2023 we've already touched base on it timothy chamelay's bags and day rebecca ferguson and all the rest um the first one did gangbuster numbers this one's getting some pretty good early buzz as well but uh we've kind of already talked about it but it's finally going to land first week in march march 1st a recommendation too it's one of those movies that is one to check out on the big screen. If you like big screen kind of, of films or going to see a movie in theaters. I mean, Dune has had that kind of that kind of attention to it and has drawn that kind of attention for being one where it's like, hey, you got to get to the theater to see this. Or if you can go in IMAX, go in IMAX as well. This is obviously a follow-up to the first one. So you are not going to want to go into this one not having seen the first one. So refresh yourself or see the first one. And then go see the second one, and they're already talking about doing a third one, which could be down the road, so stay tuned for that. Uh, this is one for the kids as we get into uh, mid-March. March 8th, Kung Fu Panda 4, animated with the voices of Jack Black. He's back, of course. Dustin Hoffman, I think, could be fun. I don't know if he's a good guy or bad guy, but he does. He definitely has one of those voices that I think could work well as either. He's just one of those guys and a Hollywood legend. Yeah, Poe is still kicking. Still going here uh, with Jack Black, of course, uh, doing the voice there. But, uh, yeah, Kung Fu Panda has been well-established now for a few years uh, with that that franchise and the way they've been able to keep that going. We've got another, our first real, I, you could call Dune a tentpole, obviously, but it was supposed to be a fall movie that they moved into the spring. But here comes the first one that was meant for springtime. Um, they're back, and they're not... They're rolling is what they're doing. Let's talk about new life to the Ghostbusters franchise. March 29th, Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. The teaser trailer just came out, and it looks good. What could that mean, Frozen Empire, Dave? Well, 
it does kind of hint in the trailer. I can't really speculate because it looks like kind of, I'll call it an icy ghost, Mr. Freeze, maybe from Batman Sneaks In. <laughs> oh, oh, no. But this is, you know, Ghostbusters Afterlife brought about the return of the original cast. I mean, in a small cameo kind of a way, but they were back. And even though they showed up in the, the third movie, they weren't their characters. They were just the actors. Now they actually came back as Venkman and Stanson. Even Egon showed up with uh, the late uh, Egon Spengler being played by a lot of different ways. I don't know if Egon will be in this one because Harold Ramis, of course, is gone. But um, the whole new cast, you had Paul Rudd and Carrie Coon. You also had uh, Finn Wolfhard. Uh, you know him from Stranger Things. So this is kind of the coming together of the original and this new cast that kind of came around in Afterlife moving into the next adventure, which is now moving out of Oklahoma, where the last one was. And they're in the firehouse in New York City, which Ray said was a Starbucks. So maybe it's not a Starbucks anymore. It's looking like a frozen New York City is kind of the center of this, though, and a new way to build on Again, they wanted to really thread this back to the original Ghostbusters, and New York City had a lot of crazy stuff happen to it there in the original Ghostbusters. Why not freeze it over? I suppose that's the new way that they're looking to do it. So this has been there's been a lot of throwbacks, and one of the things, why did Ghostbusters Afterlife work better than the Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig version? It was, I'm straight up, it was a better movie, first of all. I mean, I don't know if the Ghostbusters, the third one was better than the second one, which is also a fall off from the first one. Is it Jason Reitman? Yep. Who had, yeah, so he directed the most recent one. He will be a producer and writer this time around. It's yep. Gil Kennan who's taking over as the director. This is, they gave the fans what they wanted to see, and I want to see more of that. Well, are they going to deliver on this? The teaser looks promising. Stay tuned. End of March. We'll find out. Unless they move it. Who knows? I mean, they've got the the original the original firehouse, it looks like, at least in the picture that I'm seeing here, it's just all frozen up. Well, and they've got the sign out in front of it lit up. Have you seen the teaser? I have not gotten okay. to check out the teaser yet. I can only speculate, but it's like something is coming down from above and it freezes everything. It's like a freezing rain on a large scale. But I, what's causing it? I don't know. haven't seen the movie. So stay tuned. Things do freeze up. Uh, we make it into April. Now we're getting into some of the bigger movies because summer seems to start uh, sooner and sooner and sooner and sooner. Uh, one movie I'm not sure about, but it made the radar. April 5th, we're going horror again. We've got a prequel to... The Omen, which was one of those great horror movies from the mid-70s. The first Omen is what this one is. Now, they did... This what? might shock you, but this is a prequel. You don't say. <laughs> I think officially there's been four. They did three originally with sequels, and then they remade. And the only reason they remade it was because they could get it to come out on June 6th of 2006. 666. And that seems to be the only reason that they made that uninspired sequel. So the question now that we keep bringing up, do they actually have something to say or are they just trying to cash in on a franchise that is just enough name recognition? I don't know. But it made the made my radar, so we'll see. The First Omen, it's a prequel, April 5th. Now we get into the big stuff. Um, Godzilla's made a big comeback. King Kong have made a big comeback. Big monster movies have really made a good comeback. And on April 12th, we have, and I'm not sure how to pronounce this, Godzilla X Kong. It's not versus. Is it Times, Times Kong? Kong? I don't know. Um, but Godzilla and King Kong are back in the new empire, which is interesting. A lot of times movies will change their titles if theirs is too close to something else. Frozen Empire Ghostbusters, New Empire Godzilla Kong, uh, maybe Proton Packs and Giant Beasts. 
Are they teaming up this time around? I mean, I don't it's, know. it is a sequel, but I don't know. And uh, we're going to find out. But this will be interesting. You got a decent human non-special effects cast. Rebecca Hall, Dan Stevens is in it. You'll know him from um, Downton Abbey, right? Yeah, He's from Downton it? Abbey. So what I'm reading here is the two mega monsters have to team up to take on quote a colossal undiscovered threat hidden within our world. Ooh. Okay. Aren't they always facing a threat hidden deep within our world? I suppose. They they typically are. I mean, that was the case in Skull Island, too, wasn't it? One other quick note on Godzilla. Have you heard about, in terms of current releases, yeah. Godzilla Minus One and yeah. how incredibly successful that movie has been and, and has been on a, a relatively modest budget by U.S. dollars? This was a Japanese film that has just recently been been released. It was number one at the U.S. box office. Yeah, and it's been doing incredibly well. I have heard, and from what I saw in a clip, the visuals are apparently astounding, and it's it's apparently an excellent story, too, with the latest Godzilla iteration, and they've done it right, apparently, setting Godzilla, I think, in post-World War II time. You know, and the other interesting thing, you've kind of touched on it, the budget I've heard is like $12 million for everything, for that movie, and it looks like the movies that U.S. is making for $100 million. It's fantastic. And they're putting pictures of not necessarily Godzilla movies, but other special effects heavy movies compared to what they just did for $12 million in Japan. It makes you wonder... What are us Yankees doing with this money? Because the third eye on Doctor Strange, it didn't look real at all. It looked like a temporary tattoo, let alone a bajillion-dollar budget movie for special effects. What are they doing right that we're doing wrong with so much less budget versus our major budget? I wonder if people are siphoning money off the top. I'm just I'm wondering out loud. Regardless, though, I, I did want to point that out, that Godzilla yeah. Minus One has been, has been doing fantastic. Reviews are great on it, too. So if you're looking to check that out, it's... Uh, it, it's it's doing well. And again, just made me think of that there with Godzilla and King Kong teaming up again here in the uh, in the near future. I'm seeing some of these posters here. Unite 2024 is what I'm seeing in the corner for uh, for both of them and uh, quite the fierce images of both creatures. I wonder <laughs> if just for fun, they'll actually be a tag team where they'll actually have to slap hands. OK, he's in. I boy, you, you've watched too much professional wrestling, Dave. When I was a kid. <laughs> So speaking of projects that are in theaters now or recently have been in theaters, uh, we're about to have a movie come out, Rebel Moon, and this is going to be a one-two punch because the sequel is not far away. It's going to be coming out April 19th, Rebel Moon Part 2. So can't really speak much about that because we haven't seen the first one, but that's about to change. Uh, Sophia Boutella's in it. Anthony Hopkins is in it. But I do want to take a bit of a sidebar here because this is a Zack Snyder movie. Um... We've kind of already talked about this before. I give him all the credit in the world. I think he's a good guy. I know he's had some issues in his family, and that's really unfortunate. And it's, it's pulled him out of some projects, and it's kind of given some other life to some of his projects. But I got to say this. Zack Snyder still apparently is sitting in the big boy chair with some big boy dollars to spend on big giant tentpole movies. And I'm sorry to say he has yet to stick one landing. I finally broke down and saw Justice League. It's been years. That movie came out in, what, 2017? Which, which version did you watch? Well, that's what I'm getting to. And I'd heard, you know, the theatrical version, the shorter one, eh, it really didn't do. And I knew that before it even came out. I was like, this does not look good. 
Well, then they got the Zack Snyder version, which is only available on Max, I think is where it's streaming. Yeah. And it's longer. It's like a three-hour movie, but it's way better. It's not great, but it's way better. I was like, all right, well, if I'm going to see it, I might as well see the way better version, and so I did. I had to break it up into two parts. I couldn't just sit and watch for three hours, so it was two hour and a half movies that I wish I had back. Oh, boy. I mean, on paper, how can you not have a battle royal of all, there's another wrestling term, of all these superheroes, it was as boring as a Scantron test I took in the fourth grade. It's beautiful to look at, but everything there is... The words scathing and scalding are coming to mind right now. Yikes. I, I still have yet to watch. Part of why is just the lack of enthusiasm yeah. over it all, even with the, the Zack Snyder cut. You know, a lot of people that are involved in the project, the acting is good. The special effects are very, very good. The story, I mean, I was almost to the end of my first day of watching the first hour and a half, and nothing happened in the first hour and a half. This guy needs to learn from movies that are way stretched out that you need to learn how to edit. You need to cut it down. I'll bet you if the Snyder version is cut down into an hour and 45 minutes, it would pack a lot more punch. Here's the question that I have about Rebel Moon, and of course the first one is coming out, the second one will then follow, like you said, in in April. And, and there might and, be more. And on Netflix, by the way, on Netflix. The question is, is there going to be anything new brought to this sci-fi, fighting against a cause kind of theme here? Like, are we going to get anything new under the sun with this, or under however many suns this uh, this intergalactic area has? Like, will there be anything new to tell here as far as a story or a concept, or is it all about the visual candy and creating a world that you could maybe put in a video game? I'll take it a step further. Um, even if it's nothing new, who cares? That's for the Christopher Nolans of the world to deliver. What Zack Snyder needs to deliver, even if it's very retreaded territory, do it well. How about that? Let's do that for the first time. And I am kind of calling them out. I think at some point somebody who's in charge, well, we got this really good idea for a property. Well, who are we going to get to do this movie? How about Zack Snyder? How about you stop bringing up his name? Because until he sticks the landing, I don't feel like I want to give him the keys to what could be a great something just to watch it go slamming into a brick wall. He hasn't proven to me as a movie fan that he can do it. Oh, they're beautiful. But it's all cake, no frost. It's all frosting with no cake and no dinner. It's just too much. Until he can stick it, no. It almost looks like his version of a militaristic Star Wars kind of thing, or or his own idea of that. I predict, and I would love to be proven wrong. I mean that. I wish I eat crow on this. And if I do, it'll be the best crow I've ever eaten. It'll be beautiful, and it'll be very hollow. It's just going to be, I'll bet you, well, you got to see the part two. Part two will make it all better. Yeah, I'm not buying it. I need to be sold on part one. Look at the mummy. And that didn't do too well. Nobody was interested in that. And that was what the whole thing was supposed to be, a gateway to something else. And the whole thing crashed. And that is what I need to see something better from Zack Snyder. And that works as a pretty good segue into the next movie. There's still a lot of details yet to come. But what we do know, as of right now, that same weekend, April 19th, uh, we're going to have a universal monster movie that is untitled. And it's very well under wraps. We don't know exactly what it's about, but we know Universal Studios have been dying to get their classic movie monsters, Frankenstein, and this is not related to Lisa Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman, Mummy, they got all these guys. They were going to do the Dark Universe, which we kind of mentioned. It totally fell off the rails before it even basically got anything put together. 
So what exactly they're doing here, how they're going to do it, what movie monster or monsters are involved, I don't know. Could this be any worse than the Dark Universe started off? Or maybe they've got somebody who knows, hopefully not Zack Snyder, I'm sorry, Zach, to pile on, to figure out how to do this and do it right. Um, I don't know. And why they would be doing it in April and six months away from what should be their target of Halloween, I don't know. Are we so certain it's still going to be released on that date? No, every, not at all. Every piece of detail, story-wise, that I've seen related to this, or stories that have been released about this film, says that uh, it's it's stuff that was from a few months ago. And absolutely, but I mean, the, we already prefaced this. And you've already got Godzilla and Kong that are coming out that same month. That would be highly unprecedented. Same studio, same month. Yeah. Two films like yeah. that. That would be kind of. Kind of exciting to an extent, Dave. It'd be it'd be like, wow, this hasn't been done before, at least to my knowledge. What I can give you is basically what's presented to me. And we already prefaced going into this. All of this was probably set up pre-strike. And now that the strike is over, the chips are falling where they're going to fall. Could this get moved? Could this get changed? Could this, like some of the Warner Brothers movies, get totally scrubbed? Yes to all. Um, who knows? But the last information I have that the uh, mid-lat part of April, you're going to have a Universal Monster movie. Could it be moved? Could it get a title? Could we find out more about it? Yes to all of those as well. Stay tuned. Good answers are forthcoming. Yeah, we'll find out. That's the best I can give you. Again, we've got we've got very little on that. It you know, speaking of of crazy concepts, wouldn't it be something if you you kind of do what Marvel did? to an extent, where you have a planned Marvel movie that's a year after the one that gets released, where you have um, where you have Infinity War that was then followed by Endgame. Imagine if you would do that within the space of a month, or a month separating the two movies, where you have an untitled project from a studio, you start out with the first one, and then all of a sudden a bombshell gets dropped after that movie gets released, where, surprise! Here's the follow-up, and it's coming up here after that. Like, that'd be... Speaking of unprecedented, yeah. that'd be very difficult to do in the modern day. Well, they but. kind of did it, if you remember back, when the uh, the third Avengers movie came out, because they were really hush-hushing Avengers Endgame. It was Avengers Infinity War, if you remember. That's that's what I just described. When they were promoting yeah. it, this is the one you've been waiting for. Oh, wait, no, there's going to be one more. It ended in a cliffhanger along with a sneak preview of the movie that's coming out, what, a month, two months, a year, whatever it was, later. Oh my goodness, they had us all hyped up for this, but now the next one's coming, and they stuck the landing because Endgame was a darn good movie. Um, so they've done it before. I don't know. But, you know, the way they did it last time with the Dark Universe, it didn't really work out. But I, here's what I want to see. I want to see a good movie. End of story. I may be nice if it's one brick into a house, but they tried that approach before, and they were more interested in the house rather than building a good foundation. Correct. Go watch the first Iron Man movie. I don't care if they were building to an Avengers initiative or not. That was a good movie, and if all that was the start of was another Iron Man movie, fine, because that was good. They did it right. Now, if you want to bring all these characters back, focus on them individually. Don't worry about trying to find connective tissue they're monsters. They'll find connective tissue. Go watch the Monster Squad. There was no build-up to that movie. You knew who they were. They all came together. And if you've not seen the Monster Squad, I will loan it to you. It's a great movie. And they're all in it. That's how you do it. Anyway, that's too much on the universe. Let's talk Monsters. about The Fall Guy. Have you ever heard of the TV show The Fall Guy? It sounds a little bit familiar. From the 80s. 
So this is May 3rd. The Fall Guy was a 1980s TV show about a stuntman who got more involved in other things. According to this one, uh, there's a stunt guy, Ryan Gosling. Focusing on the guy behind the guy. Fresh off of his the uh, Barbie movie and a lot of that. Emily Blunt is joining forces. He's a stunt guy that kind of signs up for more than he's worth, but you know that he can do it because he's a tough stunt guy. The Fall Guy. Uh, Lee Majors, right? He was the guy in the TV show, and Heather Locklear, I want to say. No, that was TJ Hooker. Uh, anyway, it was a great- Lee Majors is listed as being part of the film. He'll be in it, I'm sure, because he's he was the Fall Guy in the original. But uh, this was fun. So this is another small screen uh, show, makes the leap to the big screen. And the Fall Guy was, it was decent. It wasn't the A-Team, but it was awesome. So will it make a better successful leap to the big screen than the A-Team did? I don't know. My question, was this in development before or after Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Because we had a stuntman who kind of became more entertaining than the lead guy within that movie. I wonder if that got somebody's brain going of like, hey, let's build on that concept and let's remake the Fall Guy TV show into a movie. Do you think Rick Dalton might show up? Oh, wouldn't that be hilarious? Just in the background. Cliff Booth being in there in some some way, somehow. Like, yeah. You know, I don't know. That's a good That'd one. That'd be a hilarious nod. Here's one that I've got my mind on big time. This is clearly for the kids, but I think this is more than that. This could be something special. On May 17th, it's not called IF. I believe it's IF because it stands for Imaginary Friend. It's a combination of live action and animated. So in a way, it's kind of like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where it's all going to come together. Do you know who's directing and writing this? Yeah. John Krasinski. Yeah. Yep. Not only that, you've got between live action cast and voice cast, Ryan Reynolds, Steve Carell, Matt Damon, there, and the list goes on. I mean, this is an amazing cast that could really be something special i mean clearly people they got the they got the bodies they got the manpower and good manpower at that john krasinski behind the scenes he's he's an accomplished actor for one but getting into a quiet place and teaming up it's funny that emily blunt is doing the fall guy and not if which is coming out just weeks apart this cast is like unrolling a scroll yes and either they're you know matt damon's doing his voice are they going to show up in person as well? I don't know. But this is going to be really something interesting. IF, I believe is how you say it, not if. Short for imaginary friend. Imagine uh, what kind of life they must have. Yeah, because it looks like it is a block title for the movie. Yeah, all capitalized. But it is an interesting concept. Imaginary yes. friends left behind yeah. as real-life friends have grown up and what happens to them then. And here's the funny thing. I've had thoughts about this. When I was a little kid and I was playing with my favorite toy, whatever it was, and what I remember distinctly when I started getting older and my teddy bears didn't mean as much to me, and they were certainly sentimental, and I still have many of them because of the same thing. I can't stand to chuck them because why would I? They were so friendly to me for all those years. Now they're just gathering mildew and mold and dust, and my kids can throw them away. But what do they feel? You know, as if they were real sentient beings. What what are they thinking? What do they feel? Well, we're going to find out on May 17th. IF, Imaginary Friend, is what it stands for. Great ensemble cast. Stay tuned. There's no trailers out yet, but this really could be something. And then we get into truly summertime. We come up to the end of May, Memorial Weekend, or very close to it. Um, and this is already, I got to wonder if maybe something gets moved. And of course, we've already prefaced this, but that's a stock-packed movie weekend. Starting with another Mad Max movie, Furiosa, a Mad Max saga. Now, 
The last one, Mad Max Fury Road, we brought in Charlize Theron as Furiosa, and she kind of stole the movie from uh, Mad Max himself, who wasn't Mel Gibson this time go-around, it was Tom Hardy. Correct. So now this is going to be a younger version, kind of a prequel to her character. Yes. Uh, Anna Taylor-Joy, who's done some good things, Chris Hemsworth is in it. Um, so this is in that post-apocalyptic Mad Max universe. I don't know if Mad Max on any level shows up in this movie or not. I mean, he's in the title, but- I don't think he's going to be in it. If you have questions, though, I think it's reassuring that George Miller is back again after doing Fury Road, which was a stunning movie. Stunning with the visuals and the story, but especially the visuals. I mean, that was an incredible movie with how it was produced. Still regarded as one of the best modern films as far as production value that we've had. And now he's back again. To do it again is George Miller. Took forever to get there. I mean, they tried to make that movie literally for 20, maybe 30 years before it finally got done. The fact that this has only been, what, six, maybe? Something like that? Seven? When did Mad Max Fury Road come out? It's been not that long of a break compared to the others. So this one, we'll see. Uh, You don't have Shirley Theron. You don't have Tom Hardy. It's a prequel. Sometimes those work out. Sometimes they don't. But the fact that it's coming out on Memorial Weekend, either they were just out of options because of certain strikes or they've really got something. Stay tuned. But I'm I'm optimistic. None of these Mad Max movies have been bad. They're all good. Some are better than others, but they're all good. The amazing thing about Fury Road was that it took a story that had been laying dormant for a while and it just breathed new life into it because it was so exceptionally done. And even with a different cast of people playing, again, a familiar character, and then you get a new character in there, it worked. And now now the question is, can it build off of that and build off of that character who rose to the forefront in Furiosa and giving her her own story? It's not complicated, but it's good storytelling, all of them. And we'll see if uh, Furiosa stands apart or goes in well. We'll stand by. All right, how about Garfield that same weekend? Chris Pratt voicing Garfield. I remember all the static he got for his Mario voice because it wasn't, it's the me, it was just Chris Pratt. Well, there was always something about Garfield, whether it was Lorenzo Music who did the cartoon version or when Bill Murray did it, which is funny because they both swapped roles between Garfield and Peter Venkman, but that's a whole other story. Now he's going to do, I haven't seen a trailer for it yet, so who knows if he's going to have that kind of laid back Garfield voice that all the others have had, or he's just going to do a Chris Pratt voice. I don't know. But, you know, the last time he voiced a character, Mario Brothers, earlier this year, it's it had a good chance to be the number one movie of the year, and it's still going to be up there in the top three. Uh, did great. I saw it. I thought it was good, but not great. Stay good, tuned. Really good voice cast that's here. Not just Chris Pratt, Samuel L. Jackson, Nicholas Holt, Hannah Waddingham, and Brett Goldstein, a couple of... Ted Lasso alums there, and then Ving Rames, among many others, who are going to be part of this project and part of a Garfield story. You can't bring the kids in to see Mad Max or ape movies, so you got to bring them in to see something Memorial Weekend, so Garfield would be good. Besides, my kid doesn't even know who Garfield is. I should show him some of the comic strips and uh, then show him the movie. That brings us to the last movie on our countdown that's also going to be part of Memorial Day weekend. I'm going to have to think long and hard about going to see this one. I'm I'm not quite sure yet because I loved the three movies that preceded this one. First one was 2011, 
I wasn't it? I think it was like around that? there. Yeah. They brought back the Planet of the Apes movies. We had Rise and we had Battle of and Kingdom Rise, Rise, Dawn, Dawn and Battle Four. Battle Four. Now we're going to the Kingdom of the Planet of the oh, Apes. Oh wait, it was War for the Planet of the Apes. That's right. The third that's one. right. Well, yep. we're getting them out of order, but this one is what's next, and that's Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, and like a lot of other ones that have got a long run, usually the first ones are best. But that first three, that was a great trilogy. It was fantastic. Is this going to be like you believe Toy Story 3 was? They should have left it alone. Or should they, And they're doing Toy Story 4, too. So should they have really left it alone? Well, it's it's all a question of, I guess, with the studio. But then, yeah, the, the creative team that was behind those three movies has kind of started to go separate ways. It's not quite the same crew. It's not even quite the same as far as who's Heft. at the center of the story with cast and with characters, we didn't give the spoiler preface this time around. I'm going to give one here. If you've not watched the most recent Planet of the Apes movies, here's your one warned. spoiler that we're going to have this show. Three, two, one. Caesar is no more in this story now. That That's kind of how the most recent one ended. That's how War of the Planet of the Apes ended. Caesar has led the apes to this oasis to be able to start building their their kingdom, essentially, which is now brings us to Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. But Caesar is no more. This is going to center on his son, Cornelius, who's now... It's going to at least partially center on Cornelius. But the question now becomes, where do they want to take the story? And some of what has worked great with these most recent Planet of the Apes movies is that much like the predecessors that they were inspired by, the themes that have been in these movies have been so strong. They, they've done a great job of telling great stories with strong themes that have come amidst uh, a dazzling film from a, a CGI standpoint and with the apes themselves. And Andy Serkis was a big part of helping make that possible. I think he's still from a from a motion capture standpoint might be involved. I think I'm I, not I'm not seeing his name included here, at least oh, on the okay. cast list that I'm looking at here. He he could still be. The question though is, what more can you do with that, or what more can you tell? Because the old Planet of the Apes movies, building off of the the original that people know so well, they had those themes in there. They were just on low budget productions. They they got more and more low budget, and they didn't get quite as well done as kind that. Of watered down. Yeah, they got more and more watered down as it progressed. This trilogy that we just had had high production value and great storytelling thematically that came with it too. Can you keep building on that? Because Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, I think, still is is the high watermark for this series. Like, War took a little bit of a step back because Dawn was just that good. Rise was excellent. Dawn was sensational. And then War was still really good. Can you keep what's already been a series that's been done at a high level going with a new director, Wes Ball, who did the Maze Runner series? Um, he's going to be taking over now. Can you find a way to keep this going, even though... A lot of the people who were involved with those movies previously are not anymore. Imagine The Dark Knight 4, Batman Begins 4, whatever. The Dark Knight trilogy gets a fourth one, but Bale is not involved. Uh, In this case, Matt Reeves isn't involved anymore. Yeah, so so how would you feel about, we're going to do another Dark Knight movie, but, you know, we might have Kyle back, but, you know, and maybe we're going to see if we can get Robin back. But pretty much everybody else is out, including Christopher Nolan. He's going to consult maybe a little bit. You might have a reason to pause, but are they doing it just to do it? Have they they did a great trilogy like we've been talking about? Are they building off of goodwill to continue to build something with something to say? Or we might be able to strike hot here while we can. Let's do another 
well, why are we doing it? Didn't they kind of tell the story with the first three? That's kind of the crossroads where we are. This is not until Memorial Weekend 2024. There's no teaser. There's no trailer. We're going to get a much better feel and a better vibe when we start seeing anything about it. So There, there is just, a teaser out. Oh, there is. I haven't seen it. A teaser. Yep. So stay tuned. This could go either way, but it's still something of interest, and I hope the best for it. Because, you know, Memorial Weekend, like right now, so close to Christmas, is a great time for great movies. And all of these, most of them, I hope, are going to be showing up on screen at the Bemidji Theater in the next several months. Yeah, and we are sponsored by the Bemidji Theater, just down Highway 2, just down from the airport here in Bemidji. So make sure you get on out there and check out a film there in the near future. See if there's any of these that appeal to you. Keep an eye on what they are going to be releasing. And again, early in 2024, there's a lot of upheaval because we are emerging out of the strikes. And this was where some of the the landscape was left a little bit empty because of what we had with the strikes. But keep an eye out and perhaps there will be some changes. If there are significant adjustments that are made, maybe movies coming back onto the landscape, We'll keep you informed and let you know about that. Shifting release dates are nothing new. I mean, there's a lot of vintage movie posters that have the release date that turned out not to be the release date. So We got used to that again during you know, COVID, too. That was that was definitely part of COVID, unfortunately, was, was getting things shifted around. Maybe we'll get a surprise in getting things shifted up. That would be kind of cool. You know, and it's, it's happened before. And I think by the time we get to the eventual summer of 2024, I got a feeling things will pretty much be in pretty good position by the time we get there. But stay tuned. It's going to be a ride in either case there will be some great adventures coming to a big screen just down highway two from you yeah before we go we just want to say merry christmas happy holidays happy new year to all of you and we thank you for joining us for rick and nick talk flicks we love getting to do this podcast and talk movies and we're excited to get back to doing that in 2024 all over again there will certainly be some new topics i looking back quickly on the year dave I mean, who could have seen the Barbenheimer phenomenon yeah. coming? Just thinking back on on that in particular, when I saw those movies on the same date, I remember I told you during that preview, I was like, "Dave, this is kind of crazy that these movies decided to do it the same weekend." Who'd have thought they were going to team up? And then they both just bought into <laughs> it and went, "Let's go see movies, everybody!" And people did, and it was great for Hollywood. It was yeah. great for movie going. And both of those movies just killed it. Do you think there might be some version of a Barbenheimer 2? Totally couldn't be more different movies like Garfield and Furiosa teaming up. Do you think that could happen and do a Barbenheimer Part 2 kind of thing? Who knows? But, it, you know, maybe it's just unique to 2023. It but takes a special spice, and those movies ha- each had a special spice and a lot of, a lot of rabid support that really helped make that possible. Fans of, of Barbie and the Barbie concept – and then Christopher Nolan fans coming together, and two different kinds of movie-going experiences that ended up turning out to be great. And beyond even that, great movies by people who knew how to tell a story. That's right. Greta Gerwig and Nick and um, Nolan, I mean, what an amazing team-up. And, and they weren't even have anything to do with one another, but how great did it work out in the long run? And two great movies got seen by a lot of people who knows may not have gone to see them otherwise. Yeah, that's and that was just one story yeah. from this year, but a pretty significant one, though, too. Go see a movie, whether this is on our radar or not. It doesn't matter. If it interests you and it's on your radar, go see it, because that's what makes these movies done and especially if it's one you want to see, well, wait till it comes on video. They might not make it. A lot of people are still norked off that there's not going to be a sequel to Solo. 
because they boycotted the movie and then found out, hey, that was actually kind of a good movie. It was well, kind of fun. They're not going to have a sequel because you didn't see it when it counted. So if you're interested, go see it on the big screen because that's what makes the movies. And we appreciate you tuning in to hear us talk about the movies. So until next time, I'm Joel Hoover. I'm Dave Brooks. And we will see you at the movies.